Welcome back to another episode of Miyazaki and Me. I'm Kyle. And I'm Shane. Country Roads is a song that I hope that you like. If you don't, then you won't like this movie called Whisper of the Heart. Yeah, another good movie that has Country Road in it. Uh, yeah, no, uh, it's, I mean, it's a good song, so it belongs in good films. I mean, I'm sure there's some bad ones it's in, but I haven't seen them. Yeah. Um, two for two that I can think of just off the top of my head, but that would be a very different podcast, uh, talking about the other one. So not, not child friendly on that one for sure. Not exactly. Not exactly. Uh, we are, we are here to talk about, uh, the Studio Ghibli movie, Whisper of the Heart. Uh, yes, we are. And, uh, might I say that this is a very sweet film? Yes, it is. I, I, it, it was a nice kind of palate cleanser after our previous, you know, uh, like I want to try and keep these as, you know, focused on the films itself as possible, but it's, it's hard how we're doing this to not see the progression and see the things that we've learned from, from the past um, and compare and contrast to the previous movies. And since both of us weren't super big fans of Pompoco, you know, this was a just delightful, you know, palate cleanser almost. Yeah, very much so. It was it was uh, easy to watch. Even I mean, from from the get go, even though this is, I mean, the definition of a slice of life uh, uh, film of of just you know things that are happening to a teenager. But they kept it interesting. They kept you engaged in it, and it was just really, um, yeah, it it really did feel like a nice uh, follow up for Pompoco. Yeah, and and this so so Whisper of the Heart uh, came out in 1995. Yes, came out in July July 15th of 1995. Uh, It was actually based off a manga of the same name by Aoi uh, Hiragi. I am probably completely butchering the the pronunciation on that one. Um, and I apologize, uh, but it it was also more of a slice of life anime. Uh, actually, in the in the description, it, this literally is called a coming of age romantic drama film. Hmm. I mean, sure. Yeah, I I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but so since we are before we get into the movie itself, let's talk about. Other things that came out in 1995. Start with uh, let's start with the television for for once. Uh, this was the year, even though they'd previously been on the Animaniacs. This was the first year of Pinky and the Brain. Oh, of their of their solo of series? their solo series. Yep. Um, this was also the first year of Freakazoid. I loved Freakazoid. And our uh, this we knew this was bound to happen eventually, but uh, we we talked about it way back in Nausicaa. Uh, this is finally the start of Neon Genesis Evangelion. Oh yep, 
Yep, ninety five would be that year. Yep, and then on the on the feature film side, we've got uh, Pocahontas and Balto. Oh, and then incredibly influential anime, Ghost in the Shell. Yep, that's a big one. That's that's uh, a big. Don't watch the live action. Yeah, yeah. Don't watch the live action. Watch the anime, uh, and probably like as as big of a deal and as influential as Ghost in the Shell is and and was. Uh, literally, the only thing that could top it would be oh, I don't know, launching a new 3D animation studio and doing the first 3D animated film in Toy Story. I heard that one did well. Yeah, it did well. Um, And actually, coincidentally enough, uh, there were actually some 3D elements in this movie. Uh, Yeah. Sort of. I, I mean, was there? Uh, there were the the uh, the planets and the buildings and stuff in the uh, aerial sequences uh, were okay. were three D animated, and it was the first time Studio Ghibli had used three uh, D. Hmm. Neat. Yep. Um, and then also uh, one I I just briefly passed by on my notes. A Goofy movie also came out this year. Oh, I loved. Goofy movie, Eye to Eye by Tevin Cole. Uh, Tevin Campbell is still a song that I have on playlists on Spotify. It's such a good, great song, great movie. Yep. Um. But so so we we are here at at uh the film proper itself, and this film was written by Hayao Miyazaki, uh, but it was directed by Yoshifumi Kondo. Uh, first time feature director uh, for for this for this for, but not a not a stranger to Studio Ghibli. Uh, he had actually previously worked on Grave of the Fireflies is uh, Kiki's delivery service only yesterday, Pocoroso and Pompoco uh, and would actually continue working at Studio Ghibli for going back as an animator for Princess Mononoke before unfortunately dying at the age of 47 uh, in January of 1998. Uh, yep, yeah, he died of a brain aneurysm. Uh, very sad because as this movie is is uh, proof of, very talented uh, person. Um, I mean, that's not the reason why it's sad. It's sad that the young person passed away. But, yeah. Uh, he was a very talented person and uh, and it was a, a great loss because I think he could have done a lot more of uh, really great things. Yeah, it, it, it's interesting that that he got this shot, and yet as as we talked about in like our Ocean Waves uh, episode, uh, the the director of Ocean Waves was also a one and done for Studio Ghibli, but would go on to do other things in in his career. Uh, but actually, that there have been many articles. Uh, stating that uh, Kondo would have eventually, uh, Miyazaki did actually see him as his successor. You know. 
So uh, that was interesting. But yeah, it 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 was it was in it was interesting and almost a little weird. As much as I love the song, just starting out with Country Road. Uh, and it was just it was just such a a tonal shift, you know, from our last film, you know. Oh, very much so. And uh, and since it wasn't the original version of Country Road, and it started a little bit, my my brain right away went, "Is this Country Roads?" And then like I started hearing the beat, and just I instinctively started singing along with it, yeah, uh, right right off the bat. But uh, uh, yeah, no, it, it was it was a. Uh, a weird start but not an unwelcome start no no it, it was it was just like it, it was just enough of this weird whimsy almost and like for for both of us neither of us had actually seen this film before uh so you know if if you are uh watching this for the first time uh this is literally a a movie of don't don't judge this by the cover because the cover and the poster will make you think this movie is something completely different than what it actually is. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, not to say that, that the change is a bad way. I actually uh, found myself... Uh, I, I, I thought there might have been a tonal shift in the middle of this movie, uh, just judging from the timing. And yeah. right around the middle is when the uh, the uh, the boy is saying that he's going to Italy. Uh, and so I just, I wasn't sure if this was all going to end up in her imagination afterwards. Uh, but I found myself actually hoping that the, that the image of the cat that I saw on the poster and, and everything was actually her writing the story. Um, I actually found myself wishing that the first time she sat down with the, um, with the Baron figurine and started like making up like like oh it, were you left at the altar like started saying that stuff and i just went man i hope this is her writing a story and luckily it was which was great <laughs> yeah yeah i i i'm so happy about that fact too cuz cuz like we said like we we enjoy you know like the very fantastical but like we also enjoy these slice of life animes a lot more than i thought i would um and of course you're a gigantic fan of that style as well. So, oh yeah, I love. I mean, some of my favorite animes are Slice of Life. Um, uh, generally, a little bit uh, more heart wrenching than than this uh, for some of my Slice of Life uh, enjoyment. But this one was was sweet. I mean, it told a a young love story essentially from beginning to not obviously not the end of the love story but but from from the the beginning of it to the actual fruition of it i suppose yeah and and they do a really good job of of doing it and they do a good job of making it a a young love story where it's not like i mean yes her goal is to catch up to uh to a boy and like try to like she wants to feel validated that she could be with him, which is not always the best kind of thing, but, but it was, it wasn't in a way that it was like, she didn't, she's not good enough to be with somebody. She wanted to figure out what she wanted to be in her life. Not, not what that she wanted to be something better for him. And that yes. was really good. And they really uh, displayed that well near the end when they're like riding up a hill together 
and he goes, I told myself I'd get us both up this hill. And she jumps off the bike and she goes, I am not here to be pulled along by you. I'm if, if I'm going to go with you, I'm going to be helpful. I'm, yeah. I'm not, I'm not just going to be carried by you. And I was just like, I like that. I like that a whole hell of a lot for, for a, uh, a kid's slash young adult movie uh, where, you know, young girls will see that. And, and yeah, it's just, it's, it's, very it's a very good message and a very good and, and done in a very good way yeah I, yeah i liked uh i actually put that in my notes of you know the, the the hill climb is a very studio ghibli metaphor uh that that scene was just you know the fact that it's like yes this one and and it's a good balance for any type of relationship too like you you can have you know, maybe the one who is pushing things a little forward and and it has a driven. But, you know, the other person isn't just going to sit idly by like in an ideal like relationship. The other person isn't just going to sit idly by. The other person will be there to help and pull their own own as well, you know, and do what they can to help out. Yeah, very much so. And and. I th- this film is just it's it's very pretty to look at. There's a lot of um there's a lot of still photo kind of feel in in some of the background images like when she, just when she enters the the shop for the first time uh and, and she's looking around the shop and it's just it's such kind of a tossed away scene because they don't actually look around the shop again really like you get to see bits no. and pieces here and there. But but everything like looks like a still like a still drawn uh, picture, and and it's very very pretty. And this this movie throws a lot of those at you here and there, of like you know you're going through the slice of life, and then you know she opens up a back door and looks over across the city, um, or at the end with the sun rising across the mist in the town. Yeah, like th- they throw these at you so so as to not forget that. Uh, yes, this is this is a slice of life story, but they will find a way to fit the beauty into this because there is beauty in life and, and it doesn't have to be fantastical to show it to you. Yep. I, I completely agree. And, and, and I like the fact that we, we also get uh, starting out even in this film, uh, we get, we get the character's perspective and, and like, you don't see it. Like it's not an obvious thing right away. Uh, that uh, Shizuku, our our main character, uh, you know, should be a writer from the beginning. Uh, but you know, it seems like you know she's she's completely obsessed with like, oh, I want to read twenty books during our our summer break, um, and, that, and that's actually where we get introduced at first to Seiji, Seiji is the fact that. He is always checking out that book right before she he, she did, um, so she starts noticing this this name always on her in the the card catalog part portion of the books from the library. Speaking of noticing names, I've got uh, as I always do. I have the movie on in the background, and I looked up, and he's winding the clock, and across the front of the clock, it just says Porco Rosso. Yeah, I, I, yeah, we, we, we were actually just talking about that before we started. How I said, how you said, like, oh, I didn't notice as many Easter eggs, and I was like, well, that's because like everything was like 
there was an Easter egg and like almost a little homage, but not like spot on. Like mm-hmm. there's in the background, there's a cloud city, but um, in when on her desk, but it's not La Punta. It's yeah. just a cloud city. Um, and then even again on her desk, you have a little witch riding a broom, but it's not Kiki. You know, it's not Kiki. It's just it's just enough to, like, make you think of that and feel that moment and that nostalgia, but not an obvious reference. And I, I didn't see it, but I did just read that in this movie there is a billboard that advertises this movie. Oh, really? I think it's hilarious. Yeah. That's good. Uh, and the other and the other Easter egg for other films that I did not see, but but I'm reading about here. Uh, is that there is a uh, book titled Totoro on yes. the bookshelf when she's uh, when she's looking for a book to read in the library? Yeah, yeah, I think there is, and yeah, it's, I and I love those little Easter eggs, and you can tell, especially, you know, I you can almost feel like there there might have been a little bit more of that having fun uh, with this movie, almost because it's like. Oh, the adults are away. Like Miyazaki and Takahata are away and not not in charge of this. We just have, you know, our other friend is is the one in charge. We can do whatever. We'll just, you know, like get these little things in here. You know, but I think that also because it was almost one of their peers, you know, getting elevated to this spot of director. I think a lot of the animators put in a little extra effort and I think that's why this movie looks as good as it does. I mean, I could definitely see that. Uh, like I said, this this movie is very pretty and by all rights doesn't have a lot of room to be pretty because it's, it's in the middle of a city the whole time. Like there, There's a lot of reasons why this... You know the this could have been the first Ghibli movie where you where you just straight up went like oh yeah there wasn't there wasn't much there uh, in yeah. the animation but but the, obviously it, you know that is not the case which is it, well but I mean like like making the making the comparisons of what we've seen so far I mean for the most part Kiki's delivery service mostly takes place just in a city you know well, well, and, and yeah that, that's also yeah. fantastical yeah it is also fantastical but. Um, you know, when she's not flying around, you know, she's in a city going through the streets. So, so, th- so there was, I'm just saying there was capability of, you know, like still making that everything look fantastic um, visually. I got a, just a straight, pure, like forced out of me wide eyed smile while watching this film as well. And it was during the scene where uh, he uh, he's playing the violin and uh, uh, trying to remember Seiji. Seiji, uh, Seiji's yep. playing the violin and she is singing along. And then the grandpa and the, and his friends come downstairs and they start playing along with them. And I was just smiling ear to ear because it was just it was it was such a sweet, nice scene. And it was it was. I mean, the music was good, and the lyrics to the song, which was not the 
not the regular lyrics of the song were were like nice lyrics they were good yeah. they were fun um so so yeah, was, was that so so full disclosure like we we again watched it mostly separately um just so we kept each other's opinions but he, Shane was watching it while I was upstairs and uh because we you know live together and uh I audibly heard you laugh like really loud at one point and I wonder if that's the scene that it was that was not the laugh scene okay um I'm trying to remember exactly which scene got the got the one big laugh out of me. I think it was a way she reacted to her sister doing something. Oh yeah, because her sister is awful, as we discussed, or like just before we started rolling this podcast. Uh, yeah, yeah, like her sister's. Oh yeah, I, and uh, yeah, maybe I think her sister. Uh, was was this her sister the one who said uh, reading all those books actually did you some good? Yes, yes. And it's like, yeah, that's what the the point of reading like is, so you can learn things and grow, hopefully, you know, and be entertained, obviously as well. But especially when you're in middle school, like the more you read, the more knowledge you will amass. There, there was just there. I think there was a couple laugh out loud moments I had, and they were mostly just me reacting to essentially them reacting as a middle schooler would in, in, in a movie or a younger sister would in a movie uh, in, in real life in the movie. And I found that to be very enjoyable. Um, yeah. They, they, Studio Ghibli does a very, very good job in general of correctly portraying relationships as they would be in 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 life. And when I see some of them done very, very well, I I, I do have uh, big reactions to them. Yeah, and and like uh, speaking of of the relationships, one of the ones that like so I think a lot of people will will gravitate towards the relationship between Suzoku, Shizoku and, and Seiji and, uh, Shizoku and, uh, Mr. Nishi, uh, which is a fantastic and we'll definitely get to Mr. Nishi as well. But I, I actually really enjoyed the relationship between her and Yoku. Uh, the, uh, her friend, her, at school, her, yes. yeah, her friend at school, um, because it felt like a, a really good, well-portrayed female relationship. Uh, yes. Uh, oh, I remember. I, I got the laugh. Uh, I, I did get a laugh at the the uh, confess uh, confessing of... Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like. Yeah, the boy um, who, who Yoku uh, liked... And it turns uh, out that Shimura. yeah, Shimura, yeah, uh, that Yoku liked that turns out liked Shizoku, and Shizoku has no interest in him whatsoever. Uh, but uh, he basically pawned off his other friend onto Yoku. 
of like, I don't, I don't really care about you, but my friend thinks you're, you're cute. Maybe you should talk to him. Uh, but then she's all heartbroken because the boy she likes didn't like her. Yeah, and then the, the way that Shizuku uh, re- responds to him was very much a, uh, like, I can't date you. My bro likes you. What? Nah. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was, she, she, her response was made, made me laugh because it was very much like, uh, my my friend likes you. There's no way this could work between us. Come yep. on. Uh, and I, and I, I enjoyed that, too. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and Yoku and, and Shizoku, uh, the fact that one of the scenes, uh, it's after, uh, towards the end of the film, actually, when, when Shizoku realizes she wants to be a writer, um, is them talking about, and this is one of the, the things that I just culturally understood finally throughout this movie and that was the I've always thought that the the high school exams were similar to our like ACT and 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 SATs of like they were supposed to be done like towards the end of high school. But apparently they're done in middle school. And finally, that made me realize like, oh, the age of these characters is like, oh, they're younger. So like they shouldn't really have everything together yet. Um, yeah. And a way to, to see uh, any kind of anime in my sense is if someone seems like a high schooler, they're probably a middle schooler. And if someone seems like a college student, they're probably in high school uh, because they age up all their characters to kind of make it fit. So they're yeah. either a little kid or they're high schoolers is, is kind of the way that they, yeah. they, they set up uh, uh kids in 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 most animes and then yeah when it when it comes to to the way that it works in japan is is that there's a high school exam uh they you can move on to learning a trade if you don't go to high school because it's kind of when you try to figure out what what you're doing with your life and then there are college exams at the end of high school to try to get into college as well okay Uh, um but yeah i i i just i just found it interesting and it it's always a lot of the these teenage you know coming of age stories are like i don't know what i'm gonna do i should have figured this out already and i'm just thinking it's like you're like 12 <laughs> like you're fine i'm 34 and i barely know what i want to do with my life so yeah but i mean the, all these characters would be i think 14 because there's uh middle school ends in ninth grade and high school's only three years. And it's it's a culture where you're, you they they mostly want pe- uh, them to either know what they're doing or go to high school is essentially what, what okay. the idea is. Um, if you know what you're doing, it's okay to skip high school, but it's not okay to skip high school if you don't know what you're going to do yet. Yeah, that's that's where that's where it, it's at in, the, in this kind of culture. OK, um, and uh so so what kind of sparks uh Shizoku's uh realizing that she has to kind of figure out is actually meeting Seji and the fact that Seji already knows kind of his goal you know his end goal of like he just he wants to go to Italy and you know build violins like he doesn't even want to play the violin he just wants to build it um, 
and and that was a really interesting thing and yeah as we said uh Seji's we find out grandfather uh is the owner of this antique shop that uh is has this is probably was like porcelain maybe uh i mean it was it was a statue it was a it statue was of some sort yeah and then it had gemstones for eyes uh so they don't really get into what the statue was made out of. They they just kind of get into the history of the statue of where he found it uh, in Germany and everything like that. But yeah, but but that is the Baron. So that is the cat that you see on the cover of the of the poster on the DVD Blu-ray cover. In spoiler alert, the cat returns when we get to that in the sequel. Um. And so that was that's the you know visually interesting uh, part that you see on the poster of like oh what's this, uh, but it ends up being something completely different, and I'm actually really pleased with that. So typical high school, middle school age children uh, with their relationships. The first time, uh, especially that Shinzoku and and Seiji are in different classes. Uh, that means, you know, they don't see each other as much, but that also means once the rumors that they have been spending time together at this shop and, you know, around town, you know, starts to circulate, that means the entire school knows about it. So oh. when, so when Seiji, uh, tells her that he's leaving uh, for Italy on the rooftop, the entire class is, like, gathered in the stairwell just looking. Like, ooh, what's going on? We want to know. Yeah, and that was also kind of a sweet moment because this was before uh, Shizuku has essentially decided that that she does like Seiji. Uh, She's... She was. She has been very adamant about not enjoying this boy and thinking that he's that he's kind of hard headed and. Uh, but you know, it's they they do it in a way that you tell it's you know it's a teenage thing that, that yep. she does like the kid, uh, but the it, it was also it's a kind of a sweet and tender moment when she catches the the classmates. You know, they all fall through the door and she goes and runs and yells at them, and the two girls uh, that were. I believe they were the same two girls that were hanging out with her in the club earlier with her and her other friend. Yes, uh, they were. were. Were waiting out and like kind of laughing a little bit, but but uh, uh, Shizuku starts to cry and runs away, and their rea- their reaction changes from like a laughter to like a, oh no, this is serious. We don't know what to do. Kind of face, and then yeah. she runs away. And it it was also kind of a tender moment because you could see that you know Shizuku obviously is you know in in love with the, with Seiji and and is now reacting to the news that was given to her and it's also the the catalyst into her deciding she needs to find herself and find out uh what what she wants to do and and what it is that's going to make her happy. Yep. And and of course it would not be a Studio Ghibli movie without guidance to get on to her path from a just wise old character. Um, and that was Mr. Nashi. <laughs> yep, as as uh, 
as I said when she first walked into the shop, I went, well, time to, for, for her to meet a wise old person. I wasn't sure if it was going to be a man or a woman, uh, because they, they kind of mixed that yeah. up. But but uh, I knew a, a wise old person would be in that shop, and, and uh, yep, Mr. Nishi was there. Yeah. Uh, he definitely ended up being one of my favorite characters from this. Um, and just super supportive as well of, you know, uh, because, uh, Shizoku ends up asking permission if she can write a, write a story about the Baron, the cat doll, uh, the cat doll in the tux. Um, and, uh, Mr. Nishi, uh, gives her the permission and also kind of helps her out with the the like interesting gemstone you know references and that kind of stuff um, and then you're uh, n- not even fully knowing the whole story yet uh, but you know his his one request was you know oh I'm, I'm fine if you tell this story if you write a story with you know basing on this character but I want to be the first one to read it. And that also built to the later on when he did read it and he was able to, she, she was convinced she goes, the dialogue's bad. Like, like she, she kept saying all these things that, that were wrong with the book. And he goes, well, yeah, it's, it's a little rough, but the beauty is there. You just have to refine it. Yep. Uh, yeah, I, I actually, yeah, I actually wrote down, um, one of the quotes, and it says, uh, you sound like all of the other artists I know. No one should expect perfection their first time out. Yeah, and and he, he also brings up uh, Seiji, since she's, uh, you know, obviously in love with him, and says, oh, he it took much more to console him the first time he made a violin. Uh, because, <laughs> you know, she she's upset, and... and it, of course it's it's her dream and she doesn't think she did good enough at it but he does a great job of teaching her that you know first time out is you're not going to be perfect at something and that doesn't mean that you should stop that just means that you should work on it yeah i i i did love his comparison between uh because they because he basically helps console her after she freaks out about the 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 book and is like, oh, I'm gonna make you noodles because food solves every problem, um, in anime. I mean, it, it is true. Food does solve every problem. Yes, um, and so yeah, he, she he makes he makes her noodles, and after like part of the bowl, she's in a much happier place. And yeah, she says, like, oh, you should have seen Seji. It took four bowls for him to start being happy again. It was great, um, and it and was, I was, and I and I do love the 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 talk about the the gemstones, um, and the gems inside a gem uh, was a great metaphor as well. And and it was it was a good metaphor for her, and it also led to a good line from her. And she goes, "But what if I'm just a rock?" And then without him having to say anything else she goes you know what i'm gonna try anyway and then and then they i think i believe they cut back to him and and the old man just kind of smiling a little bit and which is which is nice because you never find what's inside of you unless you go looking for it is is the whole message of this movie 
Yeah. Uh, one thing that I also enjoyed about this movie was the supportive parents. Yes. That she, the the I mean they wanted her su- to succeed, and when they weren't succeeding the way that they wanted her to, uh, when she wasn't going down the path that they wanted, they didn't tell her that that her way was wrong and that she had a like they they weren't there to cause an issue for issue's sake that they that some parents in in movies are. They literally sat her down and went, is what you're doing important? She said, yes. And they said, all right, we support you in it. We, we just goes. And, you know, it took the, it, the sister pointed out that, you know, they want you to follow their path. And she's like, I know that. But, you know, having the support of parents like that is important for young people. And it's really nice to see in a movie because you don't actually see it very often. At least you don't normally. Generally, if you do see it, it's not from both parents. It's just from a single one of them. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. That's true. It's it's always like one or the other. It's not it's not always both. And any difficulties she did have with her parents, it was more the fact that it was like you know Shizoku, you're you're not you're not studying. You're not you know, putting effort in and also you're not talking to us. Like you're not communicating, you know, what is your problem and why aren't you who doing it this way? But then once, once they find out she's that she's like, well, I'm actually working on this other project that means more to me right now. Oh, and you know, her mom kind of agrees with it. Her dad's like, well, I've seen, you know how often you're coming into the library, and uh, I I liked the joke, the the little line as well of of him going. It's like, wait, Shizoku's in the nonfiction section. What is she doing in there? Uh, because said, I've never seen her read anything but fairy tales. Yeah, uh, but what she was doing was she was doing research on these gemstones to add you know, some actual flavor and some actual facts to her fairy tale, which is always a nice thing, you know, slightly grounding it in reality, but then also, you know, taking that and, and being able to be like, Oh, okay. I can take that. And that little germ of an idea will spread and create all these other things in my story. I, my, my final thought on, on my final point through, I want, I want to hit on this movie was the very, very end because I made a joke that I was joking about, but also it's very true. And that is Seiji uh, uh, comes and picks up uh, Shizuku from her home and says like, I've been standing outside. was hoping you'd look out the window and see me. And they go to watch the sunrise and he tells her, you know, this this might be kind of weird, but I hope that you'll marry me someday. And that also made me laugh, as Kyle knows, because he was sitting next to me at this time. And out loud, I went, I know we've all, we've spoke only four times, but we should get married. <laughs> because that is essentially the number of times these two people had actually talked to each other uh, in this whole, yeah. whole their whole lives. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's a young love thing, and, it, and it's sweet. And, you know, you... you and you know, you end the movie hoping that that kind of thing would work out for them. Uh, but yeah. it's just such a, uh, it's such a young person thing to say at that point in time of, of knowing somebody. 
Yeah, and and the the joy especially in that is the fact that half of those conversations as well uh she didn't know who he was <laughs> because she doesn't realize that sh- that he is Seiji until their like third conversation because he's just like, "Wait, didn't I not introduce myself to you?" And she's like, "Nope, you didn't." <laughs> I kind of I, I kind of just thought you were kind of a jerk at first. And what was nice about that one is that one was in front of Nishi, uh, Mr. Nishi, and he the smile that that got came on his face when he when he heard that one was was very fun and very neat to see. Yeah, it was it was definitely it's like my grandson's an idiot. <laughs> uh, also, a fun fact about this movie, uh, not about the the story itself, but the movie is that this is the first Japanese film in Dolby Digital. Oh, interesting. Okay. Which, like, th- that's kind of surprising me because cause Japan is usually so ahead on technology. Uh, but then again, I guess Dolby Digital really didn't come about until late 80s, I believe. I'll double check I was that. Say late 80s, early 90s, I would assume. Just knowing that it's a... Uh, isn't George lucas thing no that was no it's later than that uh its formation was 1986 um 86 yeah so yeah a lot yeah so a lot of them were not uh so yeah actually 95 is about when it became more prevalent so yes that makes sense uh but yeah overall i would say that this is a very sweet movie uh uh, very good movie it's with the the story that's in it you wouldn't think that you'd be kind of pulled in and interested the whole time you're watching it but you you really really are uh, so i thought that this was uh just a, a a nice watch yeah i i agree like this this uh uh we uh because of how we ended up having to uh, record this episode and everything like we were we weren't able to get a guest on right away um, just because of time constraints and everything like that but you know there were actually a lot of people who wanted to be on this episode uh, and a lot of people said how much this was one of their favorite Studio Ghibli movies and now I can see why yeah, I can I can definitely see why this would be uh, up there on uh, people's lists. Yeah, and and also oh, and also we we should point out uh, mostly because we gave him such flack on his previous Studio Ghibli appearance. Uh, this is how you use Carrie Elways. Y- yes, I, I mean very. They didn't use him much, but it was still it was it was very good. Yeah. But you know, this is this is the type of role that I think he he's very suited for, and you know we'll see uh, because I did look ahead. He does return for the cat returns um, as well as the voice of the Baron. So, oh, good. That will be something to look forward to. Um, and then, uh, so to close out this episode. Uh, so we we are not uh, in the next episode. We are not reviewing a movie. Uh, we are going to actually go through uh, because we're about halfway through uh, 
the Studio Ghibli films as of at this moment now. Uh, so we are going to basically rank the first half uh, in our next episode. Uh, yep, I'm very excited for this. Uh, this is this will be interesting because mo- uh, I believe still a majority of the movies that I had already seen that were on my list when we did the initial rankings we haven't even got to yet. Yep. So th- yeah, those th- a lot of yeah a lot of yours are on the second half. Yeah. So so I'm excited to to do these rankings and uh, gonna be real intrigued where everything ends up falling at the end here now after after watching uh so many so many ghibli movies and after watching all of them uh and yeah it's 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 exciting to be coming on to uh getting into a a ranking here again yep um so yeah so we'll we'll do that one in two weeks um and then we uh and then the reason that i'm going over this is uh we uh then two weeks after that uh we'll get kind of to one of the big three uh that are coming up on the second half uh and that is princess mononoke yeah and i'm it's been a long time since i've watched that so i'm very excited to watch it again yeah i i'm yeah it's it's kind of my uh the reason part of the reason that i got into and actually started paying more attention to anime so i'm looking very forward to watching that again uh, with a new perspective on, you know, kind of enjoying animated movies a bit more than I, I was before and seeing them uh, through a different lens. Yeah. And I would also like to point out, because uh, today is New Year's Eve. Yep. Uh, this episode comes out on New Year's Eve. Okay. So uh, being as it's New Year's Eve, that means in five days, the namesake of our show will turn 80 years old. So I wish a happy birthday to Hayao Miyazaki. Happy birthday to Hayao Miyazaki. Uh, yeah, and that's that's uh, that's all I've got for this episode. How about you? Uh, yep, that's all I've got. Uh, so yeah, Shane, do your do your plugs. Uh, yeah, so. Uh, out there in the uh, the world right now, there are a few podcasts that I'm doing. I've kind of stepped it up. Uh, I just did an episode of uh, Garrett Talks to Himself uh, with a good friend of mine, Garrett. Uh, he, two weeks ago. That would have been about two weeks ago, yep. Uh, so you can go back and watch that. It's a longer episode. We talk for a long time. Uh, but, it's, but it's fun. Uh, then I have... There's been two episodes released of the anime Niax uh, with Carl and I. Uh, last week was episode two. It was originally going to be every other week, but we decided to do it once a month for right now because of just of uh, the amount of time we're able to get together and, and actually record this uh, is less than we would like with everything going on in the world. Uh, so we're trying to get it out about once a month. And then a, another podcast we're getting out once a month uh, is uh, with my buddy Gabe. We are doing a podcast now called Five star movies, five star films, five star films, five star movies, uh, with with Shane and Gabe. Yeah, get the title right. Uh, so uh, we are uh, releasing that also once a month. Uh, our first episode, uh, speaking of Carrie Elwes, uh, is going to, is on uh, the Princess Bride and Hot Fuzz. Uh, uh, the aspect, uh, the idea of that show is that. Gabe will choose a movie that he sees as a as a near perfect film, and I will choose one as well. We both watch it. We get together and we talk about it, uh, and it, and it's a lot of fun. 
So, so go check those podcasts out. Yeah, I was literally sitting right next to Shane while he recorded both of those last two, uh, and they were fun from the side. Well, I guess in the Garrett's, I just heard your side, but you know, Gabe was in the in the room with us, so I heard the full podcast on that one. So that was nice. Uh, and as always, you can just follow me at Knocked Out Films on Instagram and Twitter. And follow and like and subscribe on the YouTube channel. Uh, And thanks for watching. And thanks for listening. Be good to each other.